All right, almost time for the weekend to begin. Ah, but we can't do that yet. We have to ask the preacher. Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church, heard every Friday from 5 until 6 p.m. Ask the Preacher. Here's John Freed. Welcome to the program, everybody. It is Ask the Preacher. It is Friday the 13th, which means absolutely nothing because yesterday was Thursday the 12th and tomorrow will be Saturday the 14th. Uh, but nonetheless, the uh, the thing that uh, was rather significant on today's calendar was uh, a massive threat of um, jihadist or Islamic uh, terrorism all across the world in a variety of different ways. And we will talk some about that in a few minutes. Uh, and I have a very special guest who I'll introduce also in, in just a moment, who is, has uh, been very gracious and willing to join uh, to give us um, a, a much deeper perspective than what I am able to give. And so I'm grateful for that. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we get too much farther, I want to invite you to join the conversation, either with some comments or some questions. As always, the phone number live into the studio is 863-682-1430. As the old, uh, well, the AM, and we're still there on AM. Some of you may listen on AM, 1430 AM. And so the phone number mimics the uh, the original call letters. So, uh, uh, well, not call letters, the, the numbers, uh, frequency. Yeah, okay, there we go. Frequency, 14.30 a.m. And, of course, now 96.7. But the phone number, 863-682-1430. So we're glad you're listening. Call in with a question or comment. And then um, one more thing, and then we'll get to our very special guest today. Uh, this Sunday at Believer's Fellowship, as you hear Eric and maybe some of the commercials make note of, this program is brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church up on the north side of Lakeland. I'm the pastor there. Um, so at Believer's Fellowship this Sunday, we will have the great Sheriff Grady Judd. Yes, that's right. Uh, Sheriff Grady Judd will be with us at Believer's Fellowship uh, this coming Sunday morning to uh, just talk about what's going on in the world, what's going on in Polk County, and uh, what's going on in, in our nation as well. So we're very honored to have him. Uh, I have not really been permitted to promote that publicly too terribly much, but I can now because we're right up against it. So we, we want to in invite you to come and be part of that. That is 10 a.m., at Believer's Fellowship. If you don't know how to get there, just ask Google Siri or some other method. Just say, how do I get to Believer's Fellowship? And it'll take you right to the front door. Uh, so that's this Sunday with Sheriff Grady Judd. It'll be a great a great Sunday morning. Um, well, let's get uh, over to our guests before we lose too much time. And uh, so uh, everybody, Pastor Nick Plummer is with us. Are you there on the line, Pastor Nick? Uh, yes, I am here. I'm excited, and you're a great host. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, you, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about your, yourself and uh, your your church, but uh, and and I hope I don't overextend my introduction of you here. But uh, I, I've I've called you. You and I have um, met each other a handful of times at local events, and we have some uh, close common friends. 
Um, we, we've done some things together, but you and I, you know, we've we've never we've never even uh, I don't know if we've ever even had an ice cream together, but uh, we have had no. many many conversations. You pastor um, what some people might think is a Jewish synagogue. Other people would would see it as just a, a Christian church. It kind of has a blending of both. Um, Bayat Tehila over in Brandon. Um, I, I'm just reading your bio, finding out uh, kind of where you come from. Uh, you and I have some some similar roots. Uh, and then you you met a woman uh, very much from a Jewish background, and you started getting more in touch with the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. And so uh, if somebody hears the term Bayat Tehila, they're like, well, what language is that? That's not English. Well, that's correct. It's not. Uh, so you are a pastor, not a rabbi, but yet you have uh, a nice understanding of, of Jewish traditions, uh, where the Messiah comes from concerning Jewish prophecy, all those types of things. Uh, take, take three minutes. Tell us more about yourself and, and, and kind of answering this, how you, uh, in, in, your, in your studies and in your experience and in the circles that you communicate with, um, you, you have some interesting knowledge as to what is happening right now concerning Israel in this war that they're in. Yeah, you know, um, the best way to explain it is is thinking about it like this. You know, I've been involved in the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith since 1995, and so pretty much was raised Catholic. Uh, I, I could say, uh, you know, kind of a kind of joking way, I was a backslidden Catholic. And so <laughs> back in March of 92, I, I actually became born again as a Christian, born-again believer, gave my life to the Lord. And then, of course, you know, without any hesitation, my testimony, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And and so things began to really happen quickly for me back in 92. I was almost 25 years old, and then um, things just started to happen about I bought a tour book to go to Israel, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me that one day you're going to go to Israel, and I'm going to bring the right people in your life, because I'm a Gentile. I'm in the nations, you know, I'm a Gentile. But I thought, well, wow, that's interesting. So I held on to that tour book, and then I met this family, the Dreyer family, uh, with Pastor Randy and Pastor Keith and everything, and, and they're just a normal family and everything, and had a little home fellowship. They began to share some things with me about Israel and different things, and and I got to celebrate the feast days of the Lord in Leviticus 23 back in 1995. I started celebrating Passover and all these things, and they shared with me about how I'm grafted into the olive tree, and I'm a wild branch. I don't have to be Judah or a natural branch, but I'm a wild branch, and Jesus is the root of the olive tree. And so it really uh, it really took my breath away, and I started putting the pieces together. And then I went to Israel for the first time in 1996, and then 97 and 98 for the Feast of Tabernacles just really just changed my life and my perspective and the whole paradigm of everything. And so it's kind of a joke, you know, we say, well, is it a church or a synagogue? It's funny. Are we a church of God? I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> a church of God? Uh, we're, we're a well, synagogue. I think like right now what's happening is, and I guess anything could be stereotyped or hijacked, but, but if you take the Hebrews of the Christian faith and do it the right way, it's a, it's a wonderful life. Uh, of faith and just the, the free will that we have, and that's the thing I've, I've learned about. Everyone has a free will, and you should do it with great joy and be more relational than informational. But uh, I definitely enjoy my faith. I enjoy where I'm at. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. It has my Hebrew roots. Uh, it's been quite exciting. I've been married 24 years. I have eight children, three sons and five daughters. Yeah, that that uh, that proves you're you're Jewish. You have eight children. Well, that's my sister congregation. You know, I, <laughs> once I leave the big church, I come home to the little church. There's more challenges of the sister congregation. But uh, but yeah, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I, I love I love people. I love I love being a pastor. I love to see people win. 
Uh, and so, like I said, I'm, I'm not biased toward, towards any, any ethnic group or, or religious institution. It's just the fact that we all have a free will, and I, and I respect that. But yeah, yeah the Hebrews of Christian Faith uh, movement really changed my life, uh, and it just really added to what I already have and what I already know. You know, Jesus is Jewish, not was Jewish. Yeah, and, good, uh, good point. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things that I want to share is, is very interesting, because I guess, you know, one of the phenomenons that we've we've had happen here back in I would say probably we've probably had to have it for a number of years now. It's because the way we celebrate our faith or we practice our Christianity, and it involves some of these things like the, the Sabbath and the feast days and, and, and the Torah portions that we read every week because we're starting a brand-new Torah cycle. All the Jews all over the world, it's, it's, it's a brand-new Torah cycle of Genesis, you know. And uh, we, we read the Old Testament. We can find, you know, Jesus, Yeshua in the Old Testament. I mean, he is the Torah. Yeah. And I guess the curiosity of the Jewish people of Israel was the simple fact that we kind of share a Jewish Jesus, not not a Greek Jesus. And right. uh, this was a Jesus that kept the Torah. He was he was a good Jew. He was righteous. He was he's the Son of God. You know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. But uh, they're really perplexed. They, they they began to call my congregation, and they wanted to come visit. And so they won't drive on Shabbat, and they won't get in a car on Shabbat. So I live two blocks from the church. So I've had a lot of Jewish guests come, and I just have them come share about the Israel because we have this mutual respect between Judaism and Christianity. And so they stay in my house, and then we walk over to the church to Beit Tehila, which is House of Praise. So it's been a, an incredible phenomenon of just showing the love of Messiah to them, that, hey, there are Christians that love Israel, love the Jewish people. We, we believe in the chosen people. It's very clear in the scriptures that God yeah. made promises to the Jewish people that he's going to keep. Uh, I know there, there's been a breach of, of security and different things, and we want to play this blame game and all that. But yeah, well, we let's uh, that. let's talk uh, some about that and anti-Semitism, and and we'll yeah. even talk about I don't know if there's a, a proper term for it, but anti-Islamism. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk some about those types of things uh, when we come back from a break here. So, uh, folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. We are very glad you have joined us. So hang in there. We'll be back with uh, Pastor Nick Plummer. From Bayat Tehila Church in Brandon. We'll be back with him uh, talking more about Israel in just a couple minutes. Hey, but right now let's get back to more of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship. Here's John Freed. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for uh, being being with me here this uh, this Friday. And uh, thank you to, to uh, Pastor Nick Plummer from Bayat Tehila in Brandon. So thank you for being with us on the air. And um, just uh, just to mention that tomorrow is uh, is your guys' church service. You don't do church on Sunday. You do church on Saturday. It is Sabbath. And and uh, yeah. and so even though you have uh, you don't exactly have well you're not you're not Jewish, but you serve uh, you 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 serve Jesus as the Messiah, love Jesus and honor Him as the Messiah. But yet you still follow a lot of the Jewish roots, if, which would be you have a temple or whatever on Saturday. And so I think that's yeah, pretty, services pretty cool on that Saturday do. on Shabbat. Yeah. Um, so okay, I want to I want to move over to something specific. Um, and and you and I briefly in our conversation earlier today talking about anti-Semitism, uh, and I'd like to define that a little bit, what that is, and then also, um, if I may, before before you you take over on that on that subject matter, um, as as believers in Jesus, this is this is what makes. Christianity, in one sense, uh, different than most any other religion in the world. There's a lot of things that make Christianity different than the others, uh, but but 
something that definitely separates Christianity uh, from Islam is the is the idea that we don't hate those that don't believe like us. We actually love Good. them. Uh, we love our brothers, uh, and we could define brothers as those who believe just like us. We love our brothers who are also should be considered the, the Jews. Um, and we love our fellow human beings, no matter who they believe in, if they don't believe in anything. If they believe in, in, a, in a, that a frog is God, I'm just making something up, um, we still love them. We have compassion towards them. We have desire that, uh, that their, their life is turned towards Christ. We don't attack them, uh, destroy them, all those types of things. Uh, so if you would, just uh, speak on those matters concerning anti-Semitism, the relationships between uh, Jews and Christians, Jews and Islams, uh, and, or, or Muslims, and then, uh, of course, Christians to Muslims, those types of relationships there. You know, it's it's interesting because you can study like like a humanities course. You can study different ethnic groups or religion or cultures, and I find it quite fascinating myself. But you know, like like you said, you know, um, Christianity adheres to the fact that Jesus is God, and and and, and you know, the, he's the Son of God, but he's also you know God, the deity of God. And um, and so the the thing that I've run across is the simple fact that I mean, I I have a Quran. I like to read it and study and do different things, but you know, I'm not trying to knock anybody's religion or come against Islam in that negative way, but it's interesting that the word love is not even mentioned in the Quran. Yeah, um, so, and, and mercy know, is not a, an understood concept in the Quran and so, either. And not yeah. even not even Jerusalem is mentioned. So, you know, basically from Abraham, you have these three faiths. You know, it's quite interesting. You have, of course, you have you have the Jews, you you have the Christians. Now you have Islam through Ishmael. And, and and Islam believes that Ishmael is the rightful heir, and I, I get it, I really do. You know, between Hagar and Abraham, there was Ishmael. You know, they have a good beef there. You know, they have a good point uh, to that degree. But the promise is very clear that it was between Abraham and Sarah for Isaac, for Yitzhak. Uh, and so the, the scriptures are very clear about this promise. And uh, and you know, it's just something that that we look at and, and we need to understand because I know that in, in my own personal experiences. I've, I've realized that anti-Semitism comes in different ways and forms. Um, one of the stories I, I, I like to tell, there was a father and, and a son, uh, they're Orthodox Jews, and uh, we travel with the one tour company, it's the son's tour company, and so um, they were there sharing their, their, their stories about going to the churches and sharing about their, you know, about Israel and all these different things, and and uh, they were kind of sitting there, and here I'm a pastor, you know, I was kind of a little hesitant on, the, on these two guys, like, well, you know, they don't, they don't have Jesus, you know, and I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, these, these two guys, they're Orthodox Jews, they don't have a belief in Jesus, they don't believe he's the Son of God, they're not, you know, they're not, you know, born again, and I'm just sitting there thinking, and I feel like the Holy Spirit just kind of came on me, and was like, why would you have, you know, this 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 anti-Semitism towards them, you know, your your own family doesn't have Jesus, my son, and you, your coworkers don't have Jesus, and and my son, and and so it, it's a it's it's just a, a difficult place to be in sometimes because, like I said, you can use the scriptures or the gospels or whatever to use it against the Jewish people, but I, I'm a firm believer that everyone has to make a decision for Christ. I know I did in March of '92, and, and every Jew is going to have to make that decision as well. That's that's up to them. That's personal. 
uh, in the meantime, we can show the love of Christ. But like I said, you know, when you find certain verses in the Bible, uh, it's easy to use them against the Jewish people, like, well, you know, he came to his own, his own didn't receive him. Uh, let all his blood be upon us and our children. And this is what kind of kicked off the anti-Semitism, I think. And also the fact that um, even Martin Luther, you know, he, he became, a, uh, you know, he, he taught about justification. And, uh, you know, he was the first Protestant, you know, but then again, you'll see where he'll start delving into anti-Semitism and putting Jews in a synagogue and burning it down and this, this mm-hmm. hate, you know, well, if you don't convert, you know, we're going to hate you, we're going to murder you, we're going to come against you. The Crusades were, were so terrible, you know. Uh, I don't think that this was a joke or anything, but my, my tour guide is Jewish, and so uh, my son was playing basketball. and We were at a game, and I said, would you like to go to a basketball game? He goes, Sure. And so he was like an athletic kind of guy and everything. So I took, you know, my Jewish friend from Israel to this basketball game with my son. And I just started joking with him. You know, I said, how do you feel about being in this gym? I said, their, their mascot are the Crusaders. He, he looked at me, he says, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. I said, yeah, because, you know, back then it was, it was rough, you know, the Knights of the Templar and all that stuff. But, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, you made a very good point about the fact that, you know, Christianity is, is based on uh, – you know, blessing your enemies and showing love. Um, to force people in some kind of a belief system or Sharia law is really, really sad. Matter of fact, the economy and, and most countries don't do well uh, when they're practicing this kind of radical uh, Islam, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's not being anti-Arab. I mean, I went to Arab shops in Israel. I, I have Arab cab drivers. I've stayed at Arab hotels, different things. So I'm not anti-Arab at all or, or anti-Islam. But I will say that, you know, the, the, the percentage that's gone radical has really put a, put a hurt on the Muslims that are peaceful. It's really hurt them. Yeah, the, the reality is, um, you know, we, we have to separate uh, in, our, in our thinking the difference between, okay, let's, let's take it away from the Middle East for a second. Let's take uh, the Chinese government. Um, you, you have the... the uh, I just lost lost the term. The commun- communistic uh, Chinese government, and then you have the people. They are under that government, but that doesn't mean right. they think the way that the government thinks. That doesn't mean that they right. do the evils that the government does. Um, most people in any nation become uh, victims to their governments, uh, not strong supporters. There are those that are strong supporters, and that that become. Um, the, the pushers of the agendas of, of governments, but most people are caught in the innocent balance. And so, you know, if you if you were to see pictures right now of Gaza uh, um, and of that that entire region, uh, even into Lebanon and, and all these regions outside of Jewish Israel, uh, you're going to see massive destruction. And your heart goes out to the people. Um, most of them are just caught in the innocent balance of it. The, the sad the sad part is, uh, and we can talk about this, we have another break in just about 30 seconds here, um, so when we come back in the next quarter, we can talk about this, but uh, what's, what's sad to me is from the time that uh, a, a, an Islamic family, a Muslim child, uh, from the time that they are, are just, you know, about a year, two years old, they are being um, brainwashed, if you will, uh, to, to think yeah, a certain, yeah. indoctrinated, uh, to think certain ways, to, to hate Jews, to hate Israel, uh, even to hate America and Americans, uh, to hate 
Jesus, uh, and not necessarily Jesus himself, but those who are Christians. Um, and so it's very sad to see that they grow up that way. So then you're 20 years old, your house just, your apartment complex gets leveled by Israel. And instead of, uh, instead of you know, possibly falling to your knees in repentance towards God, you, you rise to your feet in anger uh, against Israel. So we'll talk about repentance and the response of all of us when, uh, when, when tough stuff comes our way. Uh, when we come back from this break. Folks, uh, thank you for being with us. It's the bottom of the hour. We've got to take about a seven or so minute break. And so I hope you will hang with us. Uh, join us for the, for the last part of Ask the Preacher. Stay with us a few minutes. Second half of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher starts right now. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. And here's your host, John Free. Welcome back, everybody, and um, welcome back to Pastor Nick Plummer from Bay at Tehila in uh, in Brandon. Uh, Bay at Tehila is uh, well, <laughs> as as you said, Pastor Nick. Some people joke, uh, "Are we a Jewish synagogue or a Christian church?" Uh, so you are you are definitely Christian, uh, looking at Jesus as being the Messiah, but you uh, you you hold to many of the original uh, the Torah and in the Jewish yeah, traditions. Yeah, I would say biblical. Yeah, biblical. The yeah. Biblical. Uh, principles that are found. You know, real simple. You know, it's not, I, I, say, I want to say biblical Judaism, not rabbinic Judaism. You know, we respect Judaism in all of its form and fashion and stuff. We respect Judaism, but yeah, this is more like biblical Judaism, like keeping the feasts, you know, like the yeah. dietary laws. God tells us what to eat, what not to eat, you know. And I always joke with everybody, I'm trying to recruit people, but Leviticus is like my favorite book in the Bible. People are like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you know? for real. But, but I love it. I love that book. But you do, know, you, uh, do you like bacon? I like turkey bacon. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, it, it, it's funny, you know, because like, 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 it's like anything that you choose to do or want to do in faith. You know, we're not trying to tell people what they can and cannot eat, but God tells us what's clean and what's unclean. So it's kind of like, hey, that's kind of easy, you know. And so we've been practicing that, kind of doing that. But like I said, you know, there, there are people, you know, there's yeah. shrimp and lobster. And they, they, you know, they have freedom to do whatever they want. It's, it's, it's your faith, you know. If you want to pick up something and do it because you believe in it, and, and that's that's what we try to encourage people to do. We don't make anybody do anything. We just try to encourage people and show people things, and, and then it's your choice. But, yeah, we're not, we're not forcing anything on anybody. So these breaks uh, come so quickly, so we only actually have about eight minutes until our next break. I, I, wanna, I don't know if you could hear uh, while you were on hold there um, the, the Kim Commando uh, portion of the, of the program where she talked about— um, Hamas uh, threatening to to murder and uh, do this publicly on online and and show uh, the, the the killing maybe possibly the beheading of many of the hostages that they're they're holding. Uh, did you hear that at all? You know, I did hear that. You know, and and then taking it and saying almost like, what more evidence do we need? Yeah, I mean, you know, I just I, I guess I should probably share this. You know, I mean. It's just something to think about. Um, basically, let me try to find it here. But I just, you know, I'm just trying to think of, you know, why why is there, you know, why why is like in some of these Arab countries the sword on the flag, you know, you know, it's like it's like the sword, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, mm -hmm. you know, this this violence, you know. Um, basically, you know, the the prophecy of Ishmael would be that he would be a, a wild ass of a man. Yeah, and that his hand would be against everyone, everyone's hand against him. Now, I'm not trying to 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 be you know judgmental or anything. I'm just saying yeah, that's and, a prophecy. By the, the way, Bible, the, the way you said that there is not being a curse term either. That that is um, you know 
it's a it's a right reference. Um, yeah, so he would be angry, he'd be violent, uh, he'd be jealous even, and and stubborn. Those are the the the, the characteristics of of that prophecy, and so that that has carried down through the bloodlines. There's there's great animosity. Um, you know, we we hear this statement uh, from from particular nations. Uh, they're typically Muslim nations. Uh, Iran has said this um, many times over. I think that Iran is is definitely behind what's going on as a funder. Um, they may not be directly involved, like sending their own people yet, but they're certainly behind this thing. Um, but you know, we have this statement that's been said many times by these nations and by these people groups that. In, in their heart, genuinely, they want to see every Jew wiped off the face of the earth. Um, I was in yeah, a meeting. Yeah. Is it, say it again. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's they want an annihilation. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's an annihilation of not just Israel, but when, but the biblical term. When we say Israel nowadays, we think of a. Uh, a geographical location, although it is true there is a geographical location. But if you were to say Israel in biblical terms, that is a people. Um, no matter where they are on the earth, it is a people. And so when when the Muslim nations, when an Islamist says, uh, you know, that it is their their life mission to eradicate Israel, it doesn't mean the the location or the nation. It means an entire group of people, millions of people that live all over. Uh, the the earth. It is a deep, deep, deep rooted hatred. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I guess they have like flags painted um, on 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 cement in, in Iran and some places, American flags and the Israel flag, and they want everybody to walk over it. They have videos of these people just walking around it, showing it respect. And here it is in Iran. They refuse to walk like they're walking on the on the on the Israeli flag or the American flag, and they'll actually, out of respect, go around and not walk over it. So, I thought that was kind of an interesting take on uh, on the inside of of, of, of Persia. You know, that's, it's interesting because, like, even like the story of Esther, uh, when you have, of course, you know, Mordecai's the main character. He's a good guy, and he's got Esther, his you know, his cousin, and everything there, and taking care of her. And then you have Haman, you know, and. Uh, and he's got a long history of an ethnic group that, you know, is, is full of hate and murder from Amalek and that. And uh, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad was the president of Iran at one time. And, boy, he had some really some really hate, hateful things to say about yeah, Israel yeah. as far as annihilation and different things and, and to, to, to bring harm to them and everything. And, and so, you know, Israel used to be at peace with, with Iran, with, with Persia at one time, you know. But now it's changed. They're, they're the Shiites, you know. Right. Um, different factions of, of people. You know, it, it's sad because you think the Shiites are more radical or, or different things than, than the Sunnis, you know, who came from Muhammad and who didn't, you know, that's the big fight. That's the debate uh, as far as the bloodline, you know, did you come from Muhammad or, or his generals? And that's the difference between Shiite and Sunni. But, you know, the ISIS came from the Sunni sect. So, you know, like I said, just when you thought it couldn't get any more radical, it, it gets more radical. Now they're liking Hamas to... Um, they're actually uh, uh, likening Hamas to ISIS. I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary, though, but it's called The Green Prince. And um, the, 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 the gentleman, the man who founded Hamas, uh, he founded Hamas. His son became born again. Uh, it's a fascinating documentary. Uh, uh, it's a fact that he's spoken to the United Nations and different things. But you can study this for yourself. It's public records. But, yeah, the, the, the founder of Hamas, his son, came to faith in Jesus Christ. 
Wow. Um, I know. It's it's really something that the Lord really encouraged me on. I've, I've known this for a number of years. But, yeah, he goes – I mean, he's still alive. God protects him. And uh, he speaks at United Nations and things. But, yeah, he, he his, the founder of Hamas, his son, the son, became a, a Christian. Wow, that's phenomenal. That'll, that'll mess some things up. Yeah, and, and um, you know, you end up having, like, for instance, so to speak, the, the, the founder um, – of atheism, you know, or who gets a lot of credit, credit, uh, Darwin, you know, he ends up discovering at the end of his life that, nope, the Bible is true. And, uh, but, you know, people decide not to follow uh, all, all of his research and all of his efforts and, and finally coming to what Ecclesiastes calls the conclusion of the matter, they'll throw out the conclusion and just take uh, some of the test subjects from his, his earlier uh, theories. But anyway, uh, it is amazing to me and we'll go back to part of a conversation that we had before. It is amazing to me how God reaches out to the Muslim. Uh, it's not at all uncommon to hear stories from Muslim people that talk about Jesus appearing to them uh, yeah. and, and, and demonstrating and showing himself to them. They, they are very much interested in uh, miraculous uh, signs and, and those types of things, and it, I guess I'll say it this way, out of the mercy and love of God, he accommodates their quest for truth, um, and, and Jesus appears to them. It's, it's amazing to hear the stories and the testimonies. I bring, bring that out simply to say this, and we have to go to another break, um, that, you know, while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Yeah. And so, so if powerful. we looked at that word sinner, you know, the first reference to sinners— is a Israeli or a Jew or a child of Abraham who was doing wrong, right? right? While they were yeah. sinners, Christ died for them. The added right. references is to the Gentile or anybody else. So that term sinners, it covers the Jew, it covers uh, the, the, the Gentile, it covers the Muslim, right. it covers the right. Christian, it covers all of us who have missed the mark of God, uh, who have disobeyed, who have not honored, who have, you know, we could fill in a, a bunch of blanks. Um, God loves the sinner, and he sent Jesus to die for the sinner. Um, Pastor Nick, you and I qualified. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of Jesus Christ. And Absolutely. so what that also means is every Muslim out there, every jihadist out there, uh, all, all of them, Christ died for them and is calling them to repentance. He's calling all of us to repentance. We'll talk more about it when we come back. Folks, you are listening to Ask the Preacher. We're glad you're listening. Hang in there about two and a half minutes. We'll be back with the last segment for today. Fourth and final segment of Ask the Preacher is up now. Talk Radio 96.7, and it's brought to you by Believer's Fellowship. Back to John. That last little commercial there needs to be re-edited and uh, include Ask the Preacher in the in the list there of the greatest talk shows. Yeah, We'll get, we'll get right on it. Yeah, th thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, and also I appreciate Pastor Nick Plummer uh, being with us uh, for the entire hour. Um, Pastor Nick, I'd like to talk, uh, I'd like to toss a, a couple questions to you and, and, and see how, uh, how, how briefly you can answer them. We only have, oh, about eight and a half minutes until we are off the air. Um, I'm going to give you a, um, a a couple verses as as well, um, and we'll we'll start with scripture. Uh, Zechariah two eight. You know this is a, a rather 
modern um, way of, of saying this verse, but uh, the one who touches Israel is poking God in the eye. Um, uh, you know, the reference here that Israel is the apple of, of God's eye, it's so close to his heart. When you, when you touch Israel, you are provoking God. Uh, Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8 is that scripture, the one who touches wow. Israel. Um, pokes God in the eye. I, I like the, the way that that's said there. Do uh, you have anything to say in response? You know, uh, I'll tell you, that's powerful. Um, there, there's plenty of verses that talk about, like I said, the, the, the Jewish people being the chosen people. He chose them. You know, it, it's kind of interesting because God is a nationalist. He's not a globalist. Yeah. He's oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. You know, to the Tower of Babel, this is what's really cool about this, John, is that God scattered the nations at the Tower of Babel and created all these different languages and things and made the nations. But he says, I'm going to make Israel my nation. And that's when he went and took Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans, out of Ur, who's a modern-day Iraqi today. Uh, We come from the seed of Abraham. And so he says, Israel is going to be mine. So as the church, as we are grafted into the olive tree, we are also a part of that nation as well. And I've talked with a number of these Jews in, in the land of Israel, and they're basically saying that, listen, if you support us and love us and help us, you are a part of Israel. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know what I find yeah. interesting is, um, you know, everybody has their form of belief. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say it this way: uh, I'm a I'm a spirit filled Pentecostal believer. Uh, you you are as well, and you carry on to these uh, Jewish traditions that that I don't tend to do. But um, but uh, what's interesting to me is people have their their way of living in, until what they are experiencing, they don't have an answer for. And then they call right. upon the ones who seem, or say at least, that they have an answer for right. it. Uh, for instance, um, you can be, in, in, no, not picking on denominations, but just looking at some of the differences of, of belief, you can be a Baptist who doesn't believe in healing until you're sick. And then you call your Pentecostal right. friend and say, will you pray for me for healing? You know, you, right. you can be, uh, for instance, so, so this is what we have happening right now. Uh, you, can, you can read some of the stories. There are Jews uh, that are experiencing the horrors of war around them who are calling their Christian friends, they believe very differently, and say, will you pray to your God for me? You know, will will you pray for me? Because uh, you believe Jesus will answer your prayers. You know, I don't believe in Jesus, but you do. Will you pray? So it's amazing what people will reach out to uh, when they're in desperate situations. Uh, here's here's another verse for you, um, Pastor Nick. Psalm 105, 8 through 11. I'm going to paraphrase it here. Psalm 105, 8 through 11. He remembers his covenant. This is talking about God. He remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded to a thousand generations, that covenant he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob as a decree and to Israel. So, uh, God established a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is Jacob who is named Israel. Uh, So this is God's covenant, and God remembers his covenant. Yes, he does. It's powerful. You know, I guess the very last verse, even in Amos, it talks about never again will he scatter his people. So get ready, because the Jews aren't going anywhere. So, yeah, you know. Okay, They're not so, going anywhere. So, so considering that answer, uh, opinions here. Um, so your opinion and my opinion um, may not matter much. Maybe like everybody else's, they just stink, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, still, I'm asking your opinion. Um, does Israel have a right to annihilate its enemies under these uh, circumstances? 
you know, when you think about genocide and different things in the Bible, um, and I'll just be point blank blunt here, but I know that even in Jericho, uh, they, they wiped out everybody in that particular instance because the seed was bad. Uh, the seed was really wicked and bad, and it was going to get anywhere. And, and so, you know, really, uh, and, and people don't want to hear this, but God brought the Jewish people, the, he's brought Israel into the land to get rid of the enemies. Uh, so whatever the term enemy is or defined as, you know, that's just kind of like where we're at. But like I said, you know, I was just even looking at Joel here. It says in Joel 3, 2, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. And so once again, you know, uh, innocent people are dying. Um, you know, they never should have pulled out of Gaza. I mean, what's the point? You know, it says if you if you make a covenant with the people in the land and you, and you try to do these things, he said they'll be like thorns in your side and different things. You know, yeah. there'll be there'll be a lot of pain and sorrow. Uh, and and all that Israel wants, the Jewish people just want peace. I mean, you know, they just they just want peace. Yeah. Somebody they said to me the other lives. the other day, uh, they said, you know, Israel needs to be careful with its attack into Gaza. They're going to kill their own people that live there. I said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a second, wait a second. You don't realize that the Jews aren't allowed to live there. Uh, you know, there there may be uh, some some very uh, extenuating circumstances where somebody is there for a particular reason. But, um, you know, when an airplane leaves Tel Aviv, that's where the airport is there in Israel, it doesn't fly uh, over enemy, enemy territory, Gaza and uh, Palestine and all that. It has to fly around. You know, there there is not a, a peace. Israel has been generous and allowed um, things to happen, but their enemies are not generous back. No, I think I think what's going to happen is, I think this is accelerating something because when you see the the murdering of people and you see like a genocide and that you know just terrorism to that degree, I mean God's redemption, something's getting ready to blow to, to blow out into the earth. That's that's a harvest or something because I know that even in Egypt when they were trying to come out, the Pharaoh wanted to kill all the male children and drown them in the river, and then you have of course Herod wanted to kill all the babies in Bethlehem, the sons you know two years and under or something. So I think that this thing of the spirit of murder is just the fact that the enemy's throwing a temper tantrum right now because he's not going to get his way. He's on borrowed time. Yeah. And uh, we're going to find out who's for Israel and who's not. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, you know, I looked at this two-state solution, you know, and I think that's one of the things where, where President Trump kind of went, went, went south on us. You know, he had a two-state solution in his peace plan like 300 times in there. Right, right. And that's when he started to go downhill. So he just kind of stay out of that. But to make a long story short, I've been in Judea, Samaria, and he parted my land, but there's a half a million Jews uh, scattered throughout there. You're not going to make uh, Judea, Samaria a Palestinian state. It'll never happen. You'll never uproot a half a million Jews. So the one-state solution is the only thing that I could see uh, happening at this point in time, just because it's not feasible to do a two-state uh, like I said, I've been in Judea, Samaria, and, and there's no way you're going to uproot half a million Jews to make a Palestinian state. And you know, I'm, you know, you think about the president of, of the, the PLO right now. You know, he's been in office for how long? Elections, and he just stays in there, and uh, they they continue to be in poverty. You know. Well, we uh, we started today in mentioning that uh, there were some threats that were supposed to happen today all over the world. I have not heard of anything happening, not to say that something didn't happen. I'm just saying I have not heard of anything happening. I'm very no. glad that I have not heard of anything. I am, too. Um, I, I, you know, I— uh, one, I'm, I'm reminded of the story of the scorpion and the frog, if you have ever heard that. And uh, and I'm going to 
real quickly, the scorpion begs for a ride from the frog across the river. The frog says, you're a scorpion. You'll sting me, and, and I'll drown, and you will drown too. And the scorpion says, exactly, I would drown too. Why would I do that? So he convinces the frog. The frog lets him hop on the on his back, and they're going across the river, and sure enough, the scorpion stings him. And the frog's like, why did you do that? And the scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. You can't oh. make peace. With a known enemy, you can't make peace uh, or or an agreement with a liar, uh, and and yeah, so the leopard doesn't change his spots. The leopard yeah. doesn't change his spots, and so you know Israel trying to make some type of peace agreement with with a nation who for centuries and and uh, you know has said uh, we want to annihilate you. It it will never happen. You, you can't have a two uh, state system. Yeah, it's gonna have to be a one. Pastor Nick Plummer, thank you so much uh, for being on the air with us, uh, folks. If you uh, want to know more about Pastor Nick Plummer and Bay at Tehillah, you can go to topraise.net. T O praise. Uh, folks, you've been listening to Ask the Preacher. Thank you for joining us. Come join us uh, at Believers Fellowship Church. You can join us online at believersfellowship.com, and then come see us in person. God bless you. <laughs>